Hey, this is Jeremy Reisner, pastor of C2 Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the C2 Church podcast today. I hope it inspires and builds your faith and helps you see that God is up to something in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, C2 Church. It's great to join together this morning. Let's give God a hand and let's celebrate those that made the decision for to get water baptized this morning. Thank you very much, worship team. Transitions are a little different because we're outside, but everybody recognizes that, so that's okay. Well, church, I want to make it a point. First thing, you can be seated. That's okay. Um, Maybe your chairs will stop blowing away then. Uh, I want to make it a point this morning to recognize uh, why we're celebrating Memorial Day weekend. So we're going to go ahead and take a moment and uh, pray for the families and uh, say thanks for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice and service for our country. So we're going to go ahead and take a moment for that now. Father God, thank you so much for those men and women that have given so much to our country to make sure that we here at home can have this opportunity. God, that we can remain free to be able to worship you, to be able to make the decisions of a free nation. Uh, God, thank you for the gifts that they have given through all wars past. And God, thank you. Um, We ask that you would protect and that you would give an extra amount of peace and of blessing to the families that those soldiers left behind. God, we trust you. We thank you. We invite your Holy Spirit to continue to work through this service here this morning. It's in your name we pray together. Amen. Well, church, it is great to join with you this morning. For those that don't know me, my name is Matt, and I love being able to be the community outreach pastor here at C2. Uh, Pastor Jeremy sends his greetings. He is actually on a plane right now uh, on the way to Honduras with a good friend, missionary, and Kingdom Builder partner, Mike Brown. Uh, Jeremy and Mike are headed down to look at what God is doing through new construction of a Transformation Project Bible School and Training Center. One of the most encouraging things I've, I've seen on being on foreign mission trips is God is at work among his people. It doesn't matter the nationality, the, the speech, the language, whatever. God is at work. And so we're partnering with Kingdom Builder partners like Mike and Jess that are doing amazing work in Honduras, just doing some great things there. Well, Memorial Weekend is generally accepted as a kickoff to the summer. School is out. I know CCA got out on Thursday, um, and the weather is starting to turn up. And so the Memorial Day weekend for us is also going to kick off our summer uh, preaching series. So this summer we're going to focus on uh, the verses that made us. So for anyone that still has a Netflix subscription... um, um, we, you can look through, there are a couple different series on there entitled The Movies That Made Us and The Toys That Made Us. Now, it's a really cool kind of look into some ideas of how these toys came to be, looking back at these iconic movies and decisions directors made, how they came to light, how they came to production, and even looking at some opportunities where they almost didn't come to production. Like, uh, I'm a big movie buff myself, and so really enjoy seeing how movies like Jurassic Park, uh, Elf, um, Forrest Gump, Back to the Future all came to be. Uh, little known facts you get to learn through these series are things like uh, Back to the Future was actually majorly filmed without the main lead character. Uh, they had a different person in the role of Michael J. Fox, and they refilmed almost the entire film uh, without him and then refilmed it again. So there's a little bit of tidbit of information for you this morning. Um, but this summer we're going to be taking a look at some of the verses that have made us personally and be looking at some of the popular verses that we see on um, quotes or maybe on Hobby Lobby signs that we put up in our house and be able to see the specifics of how powerful these verses are and that they really can change the world when we understand them uh, in the power of Scripture. 
with something else we want to do, online audience, you can step into this as well. Go ahead and message us some verses that have made you. Maybe you're sitting here in the audience and you're, you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, there's a verse that really has stuck to me through a difficult time or kind of a theme verse that God has put on my life. Uh, go ahead and message us that so we can share it and we can see what verses have made the different people that make up C2. Now, we know here at C2 that verses have the power to make us even from a young age. So I've got some volunteers in the audience that have uh, volunteered to go ahead and come up and share with us some verses that they know. So Pastor Jennifer is fantastic. Love Matt and Jennifer and what they're doing with our kids' ministry. Um, and they've been having kids work on memorizing scripture. So we've got some different, different kids that are coming up right now that have memorized different scripture and want to share that with us this morning. You can go ahead and come over here, guys. Yeah, let's give our hand, kids a hand. What's your name? Aiden. Aiden, what verse do you have memorized for us this morning? John 3.16. What is it? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Aiden. You can go back and sit with Grandma and Grandpa. What's your name? Vivian. What verse do you have memorized for us, Vivian? Romans 15:13. What does it say? You will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, Vivian. You can go ahead and sit down. I'm not scary, I promise. I even got down to your level. It'll be all right. You got it? Come on up, guys. We've got a whole crew together this morning. All right, what verse have you guys memorized this morning? Um, the prayer of a godly person is powerful. It makes things happen. John, um, John 5, 16. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. They all memorized it together. Thank you so much. What's your name? Lincoln. Lincoln. Thank you for memorizing that verse together with your sister. That's great to do it. And what's your name? Malin. Malin. Thank you. Do you want to say it too? Do you have the verse memorized, Lincoln? Um, yeah. What is it? The prayer of a godly person is powerful and makes things happen. Then twice sixteen. Well done. Malin, do you have it memorized as well? Go ahead. The prayer of a godly person is powerful. It makes things happen. Jo uh, James 5.16. Awesome. Thank you very much, Malin. All right, and what's your name? CJ. CJ, what verse do you have memorized for us this morning? Ephesians 5.2. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. Amen. Let's give our kids a hand. I don't know about you guys, but I find it so encouraging that our kids are setting the example of memorizing Scripture. And that there's just so much value there. So Jennifer is not here today. She's not feeling well. We'll, say, uh, we'll pray for her in just a little bit. But I just want to say thank you to our kids' ministry, for those that volunteer in Kids Church, that make things like this happen, that we believe so strongly that when our little ones, when our kids memorize and internalize Scripture, it makes a difference for the rest of our lives. Amen? So we're going to take a note from our kids. Uh, we as adults in big church are going to lead, are going to follow the example that our kids have led in kids' church. We're going to be doing memory verses this summer, all right? So each Sunday, 
there's going to be someone get up and presenting a verse that made us, one of the verses that made us. So our goal and our, our opportunity together is to spend the week memorizing that verse, and then the following Sunday we'll have time in service for anyone that has memorized that verse to share, all right? So we're taking a note, and we're going to start memorizing Scripture. It's such an easy on-road to let the Word of God permeate who we are when we memorize Scripture, and this is something we can do, a, do together. We'll be going over a verse a week, so it's something we can join in together. As Christians, Scripture will encourage and challenge us when we read it. And then when we memorize Scripture, we can recall it in our times of need. Whether we're going through a difficult season, whether we're praising God through a season, we can think back and go back to that Scripture that we've memorized that God has put in our heart and in our character. As Christians, Scripture is how we find our direction in this crazy world around us. Scripture has to be our foundation. It has to be our landing pad. It has to be at the center, at the core of who we are. Without the foundation of Scripture, we're tossed to and fro, we're tossed here and there by the uh, frustrations or concerns that come up in life around us. We're tossed around by well-worded opinion that people have for us. Woo! Not just... No, we, we, for Scripture to be able to be our foundation, we have to know it. We have to really internalize it. Not just to know Scripture exists. It's one thing to just know the Bible exists, but it's another to know it well enough and really internalize it enough that it becomes a part of our character. It really becomes a part of who we are. And that's what we as Christians, to be able to have that as a foundational part of our character, we have to truly know and internalize Scripture and spend time in it. Uh, it's staggering to me to see even the statistical differences that happen when we know Scripture and when we spend time in God's Word. I was blown away just uh, about a month ago. We were at our district council, and one of the missionaries shared a stat, uh, one of a few that I'm going to share here, that when we as Christians spend at least four days a week reading the Word, spend time in Scripture, these are some of the stats, we are 57% less likely to engage in direct action of sin like drunkenness, gambling, and marital unfaithfulness. When we spend time in the scripture four days a week, we are 228% more likely to share Jesus with someone around us. When we spend time in scripture at least four days a week, we're 231% more likely to disciple others. Now those are just the statistical differences that we can see, that we can measure, that we can put physical numbers to. And those are reflections of what God does in our heart whenever we continue to spend time in Scripture. We can't move past the significance of regularly being in God's Word. The reality is that if the only time that we're getting into Scripture is when you're listening to Pastor Jeremy or whoever else is preaching on a Sunday morning, if that's your only access to Scripture, we're critically missing the point. We're missing the mark. Scripture wasn't meant to be just a one-time-a-week thing that we come together and hear. It's great to join together as a church and celebrate together to be able to sing praises to God and, and thank Him for what He's done and to be able to be uh, together, congregationally encouraged and exhorted. But church, can I, I, I implore you, if Sunday morning is the only time that your scripture, that your Bible gets opened, whether it's on your phone or a physical book, if that's the only time, there's so much more that God has for you. God promises in his word that it will not return void, that whenever we spend time uh, meditating on scripture in our lives, that there's so much that it can offer us. 
Now, the way we make, script, make Scripture a part of who we are is to make it a part of our regular life. We prioritize it. We give time. We set time aside to be able to spend time in Scripture. Find someone else to hold you accountable. If you're having struggles, if you're having difficulties, that's what's so great about being a part of a life group. You have a built-in opportunity to have other people help you and keep you accountable to be, being able to be in God's Word. A simple on-road to reading scriptures regularly is the Bible app. The Bible app has been downloaded millions of times, and they have a scripture day. They have a really easy opportunity to be able to jump in. Uh, they have a scripture for every day of the year. They have a short little uh, commentary that goes with it, and then a short devotional you can read. It's a great way to just step into, maybe you haven't read scripture daily, it's a great way to get into that. And if you're looking for something maybe a little deeper, maybe a little more, the Bible app has hundreds, if not probably thousands, of reading plans stretching everywhere from three days up to a year that you can read through scripture. One thing I love about uh, what we believe here at C2, uh, you can jump on. We, look from, we don't look back. We don't look and be upset about what happened. We believe in this day forward. We can start today and look forward to God. What can you do when I spend daily time in your word? I'm usually not this parched, so I'm going to blame the wind. Somebody chuckled. I appreciate feedback, so thank you. Um, so this morning we're going to be reading from 2 Timothy 3. If you go on to go ahead and turn there in your scriptures, or if you have your phone, go ahead and flip there. Again, that's 2 Timothy 3. Part of what we're going to be doing together in this series this summer of the verses that made us is we're going to be uh, putting together with some of the popular verses and verses that have made us uh, context. Context is such an important part of reading scripture. It's so important to be able to know who wrote the message, who were they writing to, and why were they writing it? Understanding the context helps us to see what God was getting across through his words. We know as individuals, even personally, that in communication, the physical words said are only a small portion of the meaning behind the communication. When we understand the context of scripture, we're able to, to glean and to understand and to know even more of what God was getting across when he was writing the words to us, his people. So understanding that context, 2 Timothy is among the pastoral letters. They're letters written by Paul to individuals, young men that he knew, uh, Timothy and Titus, that were pastoring local churches. Paul had either visited these local churches in his missionary journeys or established these, journey, these churches as he was going through his journeys. So 2 Timothy was written by Paul to his mentee, uh, Timothy, who he actually considered to be so close, he actually considered him a spiritual son. Paul had left Timothy to pastor the believers in Ephesus, so 2 Timothy is the second of his letters. So let's read together 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now what I love... In this, Paul was admonishing Timothy with these words. A good portion of 2 Timothy, Paul continues to encourage, to exhort, to build up Timothy that he knows the scriptures that can combat the evilness in the last days of what's going on in the culture around him. Now, 
Now we're in those last days that Paul talked about in 2 Timothy. Those last days span from when Jesus ascended to heaven to when Jesus returns to earth. So if you're asking yourself, where do we land? In the last days. That there's, the word says no one knows how long that will be. God only knows the day that he'll return. But we're in those last days. And in those last days, people turn their backs to God. They choose their own ways. They choose their own direction over God's ways. But what I love about what Paul is telling Timothy in this letter is that we are to be, he's encouraging Timothy to be about the Father's business in these times. And nothing that the world says or does should distract Timothy from being about God's business. The reality, Christians, is that the world around us is crazy, yes, but nothing that the world does should surprise us or catch us off guard because we know through Scripture that the world gets further away from Jesus before it turns back to him. And so, Christians, don't be distracted by what's going on in the world around us. Continue to, to, to set our course on, God, what are you calling me to do to combat the evil? Because we know that through your scripture, you've given us the words and the things to say and the things to do to be able to bring hope in these last days. Paul encourages Timothy to stand firm on what he knows is true and what scripture is, and that scripture is how to combat the evil in the world around us. This verse was just as much an encouragement to Timothy when Paul wrote it to him as it is to us, the church now, in the days we live in. So when we look at that, that scripture, Psalm, 2 Timothy 2, through, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, my apologies, uh, we see the meaning of the Greek word theonoustos, specifically meaning God-breathed. Theo meaning God and noustos means breath. God actually breathed his word into scriptures. He didn't just inspire the people who wrote it, but he breathed life into the scriptures that the authors were writing. So here at C2 Church, we believe in inerrant scripture. What that means is we believe through the power of God that even the words we read today in our scriptures are the exact words that God meant for us in this moment, that through translation, through generations, nothing was lost, that God is getting directly his word to his people even now and today. So at the time that Paul was writing to Timothy, the majority of the scriptures were Old Testament. Much of the New Testament hadn't even been written yet. Heck, Paul wrote a good portion of the New Testament, and so he was very familiar with it. What is really cool about what you see here is Paul chose to write the words, all scripture, he didn't just say holy scriptures, which would have referred to what we now consider the Old Testament, but Paul wrote all scripture. In this moment, Paul is specifically and intentionally tying together the New Testament and the Old Testament. He's bringing these together to show that neither can stand completely by itself. That as Christians, we have to look to the context and the totality of Scripture as the Old Testament and the New Testament because they support each other. They come together to fulfill one another. We can't throw away the Old Testament, well, because we're living in new times. And we can't say, well, the New Testament doesn't, doesn't fit because it wasn't with the Jews for forever. Paul... Peter later in some of his letters intentionally tie the New Testament and the Old Testament together. The Bible is one book written to be able to complete the whole thing. There's nothing in Scripture that second guesses or goes against something else in Scripture. When we dive into reading God's Word, we see the, the whole beautiful picture that God writes for us as his believers through the whole context of Scripture. The next words of Paul to Timothy point to scripture for doctrine and conduct. We see the words, it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. First for doctrine. 
to know what is sound and commanded by God. God gave us the specific details, the specific standards of what we are to live by. I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful that I have a, a specific, known, foundational scripture to be able to go to for ultimate truth, and that I don't have to come up with that truth myself. I really believe that part of why the world around us is so, is is yearning as long is because we've thrown off the the whole truth of scripture but christians we can be encouraged we don't have to second guess we don't have to to try to just make best what we can do in this world we have scripture to be able to point us to ultimate truth so that's the doctrine that paul was encouraging timothy to read the second words we see is for conduct how do we go about our day-to-day lives God's word is useful in a practical way. When we accept its challenge, we'll begin to find our lives straightening out. We will see, we'll be able to know what we can say yes to and what we can say no to through the specific uh, rules and, and descriptions of scripture. Then we'll be ready for the word's positive effect of training in righteousness. The righteousness that has come to us as believers by faith is made real by the training of God's word lived out in our lives. The next portion that we see in Scripture is so that the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. Now, I don't know about you, church, but that's so encouraging to me that we see that Paul admonishes Timothy, Timothy, encourages Timothy, that everything we need as Christians is found in the words of Scripture. That God breathed his life into the living word, the Bible, and that everything we need to live a godly life is found in that book. That's so encouraging to know that we don't have to guess, we don't have to play catch-up. God's given us everything as we have. As we read and meditate, God will continue to make himself real and known through his words, the living word of Scripture. Now, growing up, I didn't quite understand what that idea of meditating on God's Word. I kind of overcomplicated it. Um, so just as a practical step, meditating on God's Word can mean when we take time to internalize Scripture and just let it kind of sit in the back of our minds, almost like a song that gets stuck, that we get to sit on it and just continue to ponder, what does this mean? What did God mean to his audience? What did God mean to his uh, people whenever he wrote this message? So taking time in the morning to to look at a certain scripture and then be able to internalize that and sit on that through different moments throughout the day. We see the fruit of knowing scripture exampled by Jesus himself. When Jesus began his ministry, he was tempted in the desert. He was tempted by Satan, but his intimate knowledge of the word enabled him to defeat the tempter with three quick quotations from the book of Deuteronomy. Jesus Christ, God incarnate, didn't rely on his godness, his character of God, to defeat Satan. He instead chose to rely on the specific words of Scripture to completely shut down Satan. There is such an encouragement in that church. Jesus set the example for us. He could have relied on his own power within himself, but he chose to set the example for us as his believers to rely on the power of Scripture to completely, at one moment in his tracks, shut down Satan. Satan had no more authority whenever Jesus quoted the words of Scripture. And it wasn't like he quoted the whole book of Psalms. He quoted three specific, pointed, short, powerful words from the the words of Deuteronomy. That's the example that Jesus set for us himself. 
Jesus insisted that the scriptures are the soul's essential food. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When we spend time in scripture, it teaches us and empowers us to live the life God has designed for us, his people, to live. And scripture has everything we need contained within the two bookends to be able to give us all that we need as his believers. So this week, let's remember to take time together. I'm going to challenge myself to memorize 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Going over it again, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this week we can spend some time to memorize that, and then we can come together next week and see what has happened whenever we've internalized Scripture, how has God used that. I believe that when we make it a point to memorize Scripture, that God brings opportunities for us to use that in our day-to-day lives. We're going to go ahead and pray this morning that God would continue this summer to work through our hearts to be able to see how the verses that he has in our scripture can truly change our lives to empower us to live for his kingdom and for his glory every day. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to gather together as your people. Father, thank you for the words that you've given us through Scripture. God, thank you that you didn't leave us alone or set aside or abandoned. But God, you gave us your holy Scriptures to be able to read and to to internalize and to know. Father, I ask that as we go over these uh, verses this summer, that you would be able to make them individual to us, that they would be able to stick in our minds, stick in our hearts. God, I ask practically that you would be able to help all of us, all of this church, to memorize your words. God, how powerful, how encouraging would it be that we as a church is able to recite your scripture. God, there's such power that's contained in the living words of God. God, I ask you to be able to help us learn that and to know that and to make scripture a, a foundational and core part of who we are. And Father, Father, I pray together this morning with church, God, whatever needs are here, are present this morning, whether it be for healing. God, we pray for uh, Pastor Jennifer as she's at home right now, uh, experienced a fever yesterday. We pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would miraculously work through her body, completely remove whatever's causing that fever, if it's an infection, whatever may be, God, that you would work through her. God, any other uh, needs that we're not aware of, God, we believe that you can move mountains with just the faith of a mustard seed. So, Father, we ask that you would move in these situations, that you would make miracles happen. And, Father, lastly, we come together as your church praying for the hearts that are hurting because of the tragedy that's happened in Uvalde, Texas. God, before we jump to any political decisions or any kind of other ideas, God, we come first to your throne and submit broken hearts to you. Father, we ask that you would bring comfort, that you would bring bring peace that comes from you and you alone. God, your word promises that you are near to the brokenhearted, that you're close to those that need you. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to touch that city, touch those families in a way that only can be had through your spirit. We trust you, Father. We thank you. It's in your mighty name we pray together as your church. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to ask you to do three things. First, subscribe and share our podcast with others. Second, if God is up to something in your life, we'd love to hear from you at mystory@c2church.com. And finally, if you've benefited from this ministry, help us reach others by investing today at c2church.com/give.